Today's guests, Mark and Daniela from GetSetMindset.com, are here talking about their story and how mindset changes everything. Mark and Daniela share about how burnout almost destroyed their relationship, the mindset shifts they made that changed everything, and how they work together to lose the weight, get healthy, and transform their relationship in the process. The Legendary Marriage Podcast starts now. If you're feeling more like roommates than soulmates, it's time for the Legendary Marriage Podcast. Welcome back to the Legendary Marriage Podcast. We're your hosts, Danielle and Justin Williams, and this is episode 69. Yeah, each week we're bringing you interviews designed to inspire you to build more intimacy and connection in your marriage by having the conversations that matter. That's right. We believe that when couples grow together, they grow together. So we talk with incredible experts about every important area of life, from health and fitness to finances, parenting, sex, career, spiritual growth, and so much more. Sprinkled in, we get to connect with amazing couples who share their stories of overcoming ordinary to build a legendary marriage. All right. It's been a few weeks since we talked about health and fitness on the show, and we wanted to check in and give you all some fresh inspiration to keep pushing forward to get and stay healthy together. It's physical health is so important in a marriage. In life, it's about, you know, having energy to keep up with life and to give to each other and spend time with each other. It's about attitude, just walking into the room with some confidence when you, when you feel right. Oh yeah. Everything moves a little better. Keeping up with the kids. Oh my gosh. Well, keeping up with the kids. I feel like I never have enough energy to keep up with the kids. Even when I'm working out, you know how they say when you work out, you get that extra boost of energy. I feel like that's true for me for the most part. Um, But then after a while, I'm just like, those kids wear me out no matter what. <laughs> well, Mark and Daniela today are talking about the wealth score, W-E-L-L-T-H. They have this amazing little quiz. It's super easy and everything. We'll give you the show notes and the, the links to that and everything later. But it does a great job of giving you a baseline to have a conversation with your spouse about your health and wellness together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. But before we get into all that, into the conversation with Mark and Daniela, let's, let's just check in on, on our new year's resolutions. Cause both of us had these ideas of resolutions around health and fitness. How you doing, babe? Well, uh, with the exception of the last two weeks, um, which I'm ready to get back on the wagon big time. Um, I'm doing amazing. I would yeah. say since actually about Thanksgiving, I've worked out five times a week. And for me, that is a streak that is pretty significant. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Probably since my, you know, high school and college athlete days have I yeah. been like and so you, healthy. And you're looking good, babe. Thank you. But you've had some health just concerns in the past few weeks. Yeah. So I've you know, a couple little surgeries. I've you know. kind of been off of my normal schedule taking good care of you. So yeah. Yeah. But I feel like I'm on a great track and doing well and feeling great. I just uh, want to keep it up. So yeah. that's my update. How about you? Yeah. Like you said, I've, I've had a couple derailers, had to have a couple little surgeries in the last month or so, and just have not made much traction on, on my goals. Mm. Um, so I'm not feeling great about that. Yeah. But it's a new day. 
brand new day full of love and opportunity. Uh, you don't have to wait for New Year's, say. right? That's right. You can start on April 1st. You can start on April 15th. You can start whenever you want, babe. Cool. All right. So that's where we're at. And we'll talk more about that offline. But today's guests, Mark and Daniela from GetSetMindset.com are here talking about their story and how mindset changes everything. So let's join our conversation with Mark and Daniela. So we are joined today on the podcast, Daniela and Mark, who are wealth coaches. Now you might think right away, that's like, there's some financial gurus, but in fact, their mission in life is to help go-getters turn bad habits into badassery by combining working in and the in work and working out it's, also. It's wealth with two L's. I know. I love it. I can't wait to hear more about it. All right, Danielle and Mark, welcome to the show. Thank you for that introduction. That's uh, you, you nailed it right there. That's for sure. All right. So you are wealth coaches. What exactly does that mean? So the way we look at it is we're not fitness experts. We our our experience is going through wellness together. And so we're not we're not proposing to any of our clients that we are experts in any realm. We just have been through this journey together to get well. And we know that there's a lot of people out there like us who really need to go through this work together and need someone to kind of hold them accountable and guide them through the process. So that's what we do. Yeah. I think people, when they think about like health coaches, they think of like, you know, fitness, working out, lifting weights, nutritional programs. And we are the complete opposite. We believe on working in to help you achieve your goals when you're working out. So I love it. And it's so interesting too, because we've had some experts on the show that kind of almost downplay the aspect of having couples working out together or being accountable to each other, because a lot of times it just blows up. Um, So how do you approach that with your clients? You know, the idea of working together as a couple, how would that even work? I think it's more the the accountability for us. You know, if I decide, well, I really want to eat a you know a box of cookies right now, she's there to be like, do you really want to eat a box of cookies right now? <laughs> <laughs> that would be too close to home, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it comes to things like that. Like we hold ourselves accountable when it comes to our nutrition, our eating, making sure that if it's getting late, it's like, hey, it's time to go to bed, and that's it. You know, devices away, time to go to sleep. So. That's where the accountability comes in for us. I think we've seen a huge shift in our own relationship where we used to actually enable each other through our bad habits. So it takes a lot of taking a step back and assessing like, what is going on? What are your triggers? How are you enabling each other? And I could tell you from experience, if, if I had gone through this work alone without Mark by my side or without him going through it at the same time, I, we'd probably fall into the same cycle of, I'm bringing home Oreos today or, you know, of, of whoever, whichever one of us, we each had our own triggers. Right. So sometimes it would be when we go out to dinner, we just completely splurge and get yeah. way too many things because why not? It's our, it's our treat day or cheat day. What a lot of people that, call it. That was it, one of know? our biggest ones. Cause I'm a chef. So it was like, each time we go to dinner, it's like, Oh, let's look at the menu. Yeah. Let's order all this stuff right here. So tell us a little bit about that. So y'all both had kind of different lives, different careers before you got to be wealth coaches. Um, How did you make that shift? 
So I've been cooking for about 20 years now, and I worked at a fine dining steakhouse, super high volume. I mean, we were doing cooking up to a thousand people a night. Uh, I was working anywhere from 12 to 14 hours. I was working on holidays, weekends, just wasn't around. And that, that in itself put a strain in our relationship right there. And it wasn't until, you know, I just said enough is enough. I, you know, I wasn't eating right. I was getting home at one, two o'clock in the morning. There were some days where I was working, you know, six, seven days in a row. It was just like really took its toll on, on, on myself. Daniela being in the tech industry, I think there's a lot of similarities that coincide with it as well. Yeah. He actually showed his through weight. He was a hundred pounds heavier um, and also mental strain. So he was also depressed and taking depression medication. All of that actually landed him in the hospital. So he's kind of downplaying what, what happened. Um, <laughs> okay. But, tell us the real story, Daniela. What really yeah. happened? He, he, he I have the pictures rest, of the, him the in the hospital. The you know? is, is a very tough business. And especially when yeah. you work in a high, in high pressure situations like that, where it's just like, go, 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 go. The culture is when you get off of work, you go and drink your face off till two o'clock in the morning, sometimes three, four in the morning afterwards, you know, or you're eating like great example for me being a chef of a steakhouse, I could eat anything I wanted. So I think I did the math on Facebook and I, I worked for this restaurant for 11 years. And in that time I could eat a steak every single day of my life for six years and we're not talking about... Did you do that, Mark? Did you do it? But like it added up to, it added up the amount of meat that I had in that process. So I had a really serious talk with my doctor and was like, your cholesterol is through the roof. And I was 25 years old, just a, a mess internally. You know, I got a little bit better Then you know, went back drinking and eating bad again. It was just like the constant cycle of that, you know, trying to get healthy, didn't work, trying to work out falling off again so so what landed you in the hospital i had a my grandfather had passed away and it was the first really big loss of my life right there um i was going through some some tough issues at work like i was saying so all that compiled on top of itself and started getting some anxiety issues and things like that that's what generally put me there the the doctor walked in and was like you just need to chill out man (laughs) (laughs) you're just a mess He's like, we just looked at all your, all your blood work and your, you know, cardio and all that kind of stuff. He's just like, you just need to relax. Yeah. Like whatever you're doing, you just need to calm down. And on my end, I founded a tech company and sold it and went right into the next thing without taking a moment to pause. And it was when I, when I made that switch that I realized how burnt out I was and I was coming into work and just not. I wasn't clearly executing. I was so foggy. I was overweight, which come to find out was mostly inflammation, which I thought I had just packed on the pounds, but I had 18 inches of inflammation from stress and not taking care of myself. Poor diet, drinking. Yeah. And uh, sugar Mm -hmm. and, you know, just sitting all day long, basically on the computer. So we kind of hit this, this collision, the two of us at the same time where we were letting all of these outside stresses and our health, you know, kind of determine what was going on in our relationship. And at one point we had to have a serious conversation and say, you know, 
do we even want to be in this anymore? Like we, we both thought that the other person didn't want to be in the relationship. We were neglecting each other. It really manifested in these ways. And it wasn't until we had that real discussion that we realized we're both burnt out. We're not taking care of ourselves. We are, you know, blaming it on these other things in our life. And we need to take a holistic look at what's going on and start to make some changes. And that's when Mark actually initiated it. And he started changing his habits before I changed mine. And I just joined in because I didn't want to be left in the dust. You know, I was like, I'm not going to be the, <laughs> the chunky partner over here. I'm going to get my stuff together too. <laughs> this is, yeah. We've been together for, we've been together for 10 years now. And this was eight years into our relationship. The first four or five years, everything. I mean, you, you have your moments, of course, every relationship does. But, you know, when you started getting over that five, six year mark, you're really tested. And I think that was a test for us when it came to that eight year mark when we were just like, we just weren't happy. We weren't happy with what was going on in, in our professional life. And that bled into our personal relationship. So so once you got on this health journey, how, what things started changing? How was your life changing at that point? So what's interesting is from the outside perspective, looking in, people thought our life was perfect. You know, you guys both are in these like amazing careers that people would kill to be in, that people glorify. And yet we were both sacrificing everything in our lives and in our health to be there. And we basically decided to take a look at that. That's when we, we started realizing, okay, these are some things that we can change immediately. And it doesn't have to be, you know, these huge, massive changes. It's just these little micro things that created this momentum over for, time. For me, it was as easy as just, uh, I started taking walks on my day off. I put a podcast on, it was, I think, spring here in Chicago. And I just started going for a walk. I'd go and i walk for about 45 minutes. I'd listen to a podcast. It was a um, health and wellness podcast. That was just like the first initial step. And then I would listen to another one and another one. And then I started incorporating some of the, the practices that I was listening to, like making sure I was hydrated, making sure I was getting enough sleep. Then I started tinkering with my diet. I went uh, vegetarian and vegan for a little while. And then paleo and then a switch it was like switching it up left and right but it was the fact that I kept myself interested in all these different diets and, and all that kind of stuff is what kept the momentum going well there's two things that stand out to me one is you, you pointed to like all of a sudden we looked at our relationship and we're going is this working this mm -hmm. feels off yeah. and you did the work to find out what the real root was mm -hmm. around yeah. your health and wellness yeah, And then the second is just like trying things and you, you yeah. kept trying things and, mm -hmm. and experimenting. I think the biggest thing for myself was, you know, we thought that like there's, there's something wrong with our relationship. So there's something that we have to do together to fix this. When in reality, it was like, once we started to take the time to fix ourselves, that's when the relationship started to mend. That's exactly what happened. Yeah, that's, I mean, that is like, that is exactly and what we were happened. working on ourselves for very selfish reasons. Yeah. We were working on ourselves with the assumption that this might not work out. You know, mm -hmm. this might, our relationship might not work out. So yeah. what do I know for sure? I need to work on myself. Yeah. And then it brought us closer together. Mm -hmm. It's interesting how many times couples get to that point, yeah. and especially the guys Finally get to a place where they go, okay, all I can do is worry about me and focus on, on doing some personal development, mm -hmm. physical, spiritual, emotional. 
And all of a sudden things start to change. Yeah. Because they're working on the things that actually they can control and, and change. As and that's exactly what it was for me. I mean, it was just, it was, you know, we had conversations about, let's go see someone. Let's go, let's go talk. And in reality, it was just that like, you know, starting to put that work in for ourselves really brought us together. You know, we were, we were spending more time together when it came to, you know, what are we going to eat tonight? Let's eat healthy this evening. Let's go to bed earlier tonight. You know, we wake up and it's something that we'll talk about later is our morning routine. We'd make it a point that we were doing that together first thing in the morning. We were drinking our water, we were meditating, we're taking our time. Danielle is a journaler. I, I'm, I still haven't gotten into journaling yet, but... We also don't yeah. have kids. So I know for couples, yeah. it's really hard if they have kids to be even fathoming the idea of a morning routine. But we do, we have worked with... with plenty of parents who have figured it out. So mm-hmm. it is doable. It seems super challenging in the beginning, but it is, it is a magical thing. It is yes. very much a transformational. We thing. are Absolutely. totally in agreement with this. So here's my question. What was the tipping point where you got rid of these high pressure jobs and were like, this is what our life's going to be about this wealth coaching. The tipping point was probably the burnout. When I was working for people, I, I was at this, this point where I don't, I'm an entrepreneur by nature. So I don't know if I can go back to working in a, in an environment working for another company. And so I did, and it didn't work out. And then I was still burnt out. And so I took, I took some time to actually work on myself. I took a good three months and actually it ended up that three months was like not working, just purely work, working on myself. And you had quit your job at this point. Yes. And wow. so the next, the next thing I did was I actually went, I actually got an offer for something that was a dream job at the time. And I went, I went into that wholeheartedly. And my biggest cautionary thing going in was, will I be able to maintain the progress that I've made on my own wellness journey? Will I be able to sustain by using these practices and bringing them into this dream job territory? Or will I just go full force and drive myself into the ground again? Because most high achievers do. And that was your priority was to stay healthy. Yeah. So my priorities had shifted and I realized that if I want to stay a leader in my field, if I want to continue to be in my career path, I have to keep myself well because by burning out, I'm losing more money. I'm leaving so much money on the table, you know? So it would, it's like (laughs) my thirties hit me with a vengeance, man. I just just realized I got to get, I got to get into this, you know? So I brought those practices into my work environment. They were self-maintaining. It wasn't, it actually made my job so much more clear and so much easier. And I was so much more effective as a leader. So from the professional perspective, it was, it was tremendously impactful. And the way that I look at leading my team is so different now you know, where I do genuinely care about everyone's health around me because it makes them a higher performer as well. So I love how you talk about it. it's not just a health thing. You said like this fog has lifted, like you had this foggy brain. There's no more foggy brain. There's no more inflammation. So y'all talk about four um, pillars mm-hmm. of wealth, W-E-L-L-T-H. Um, why don't you tell a little bit about those four? Right, so... Basically what we looked at when we were trying, what happened was we got, we got very healthy and people saw us and they, they physically saw us. They didn't mentally see us, Mm -hmm. but they physically saw us 
And they were like, what are you guys doing? Can you just just tell me what you're eating? Yeah. What are you, what are you guys eating? Just tell me what you're eating. (laughs) And, uh, and the funny thing is Mark was working out. I wasn't even working out. I was eating differently for sure. I was hydrating differently for sure. But when I tried to sit down and explain to people all of the little things and all of the working in that it took to actually get there, it just, it was so much for people to comprehend. So we, we basically broke it down into like, you need to just take a step back and look at these four things. Those four things are movement, nutrition, personal development, and mindfulness. And so really what we do in our program is walk you through all of those four steps so that you can self-identify for yourself, looking at your, your picture. Cause it's so unique to, to the next person. You know, Mark and I had very different paths. Some things worked for him that didn't work for me. He was standing 12 hours a day. I was yeah. sitting 12 hours a day, huge difference there. So my, a huge part of my realization was that I need to not be sitting. Maybe I can do a stand-up desk. Maybe I can do a balance board. Maybe I trampoline in the morning. Maybe I go for long walks on my lunch break. Like what are all the different ways that I can hack movement into my routine? And so if you identify movement as one of the biggest areas that can impact your life, start there and start with little things that aren't like, you're not going to be going to the gym every day. Let's just be real. Like you're not going to make a huge shift. And maybe in January, when you're like, it's my new year's resolution, I'm going to start going to the gym. You're going to do it for like two weeks and you're going to quit, you know? So what are the things that you do every single day that you could tweak to become a natural workout? Right. And so one of the studies that we share in our program is, um, this is a perfect example. It's like they did a study with maids that works in, that work in hotels. And they told half of the maids in the hotels that when they're cleaning the rooms, they're actually working out and they're burning this many calories. And then they didn't tell the other half that their work was actually movement and and the results from it. And the people who then realized that, wait, I'm actually working out every single day, they lost more weight just by knowing that they were actually moving more and working out more than the average person. How is that possible? It, it, it's, I don't know. Uh, yeah. it's science. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so I think that it's, it's a matter of mindset, you know, like when you start to shift the way that you look at things, like if you look at your job as like, Oh, I have to go to work. I have to do this thing. I have to do that. But there's people, there's, you know, again, scientific studies that show like, okay, look, if you instead think of your job as my job is my investor and it allows me to do these other things in my life that I want to do as opposed to my job is, is handcuffs. So that's kind of what we try to help people get to. We'll get back to our conversation with Mark and Daniela in just a moment, but first an opportunity we don't want you to miss. Community is so essential to our marriages, not only community with other couples, but men with their men folk and women with their women folk. Um, And couples really come together. Why? To support, encourage, and call one another forth. We just learn so much from each other. So join our community on Facebook where we're always talking about the topics from the podcast and so much more. So join our tribe of couples who refuse to settle for an ordinary marriage. You can find us at legendarymarriage.com slash community. And now back to our conversation with Mark and Daniela. So keeping in mind, getting started with the four pillars of wealth, um, where would you suggest our listeners take a first step? look at every single phase of your life in these four areas. And there's going to be some glaring things for you that you're going to say, okay, 
yes, this is one thing I know for sure that I need to work on. And then, and then it's about, okay, what are all the little tools and tips that you can implement that you will realistically do without having to think about it? You know, I like the, I like the mindfulness piece too. And I like how you guys call it working in instead of working out. And if you just change your mindset about something, I feel like, so I have a job where sometimes I'm running around quite a bit. And I tell Justin, I'm like, I feel like I'm working out. And at the time I didn't have like a Fitbit or anything. And he's like, prove it and I'm like I'm like I don't have to no, prove it to you on. <laughs> but no 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 that, that's the story that's your version of the story but in my mind when I do work like I am working out uh you know I'm running around I'm lifting I'm you know doing yeah. that kind of a stuff so I I feel like if I have my mindset around like it is a workout then sure i agree with that i think it is and all i all i really said was Mm -hmm. why don't we measure it so that you know so that you can justify it to me (laughs) (laughs) no no because if you can measure it you can understand what the results are is that my project manager speaking out too much? I, I, think, I, think no, I, think it's, I think it's a good point, though, because one of the things that we do with our intermittent fasting peeps is we have them measure five places on their body. And the reason why we do that is, like in my case, I lost 15 pounds of weight, right? But 18 inches, which to me was way more motivating and to, to fit into a different size pants, to have to get rid of my old clothes was like, the most motivating factor. But I can tell you, if I was looking at the scale every day and just looking at that, I wouldn't have been motivated. Yeah, she was, she was losing inches first. But each time she would get on the scale, the scale wasn't really moving. Yeah. And then when I would get on the scale, I was losing a lot of weight quick. Yeah, talk about like being deflated. When I would see him <laughs> losing tons of yeah. weight, I was so bummed out until I started tracking inches. And I was like, yeah. oh, that's amazing. Now, really? now I really don't even weigh myself anymore. I use a mirror. I'm like, how do I look today? <laughs> you know, I was like, because that's really what it is. You know, we want to look good. When you do the nutrition piece, you said when you changed your diet, Daniela, your inflammation and everything like went down. You said you were doing just these little changes. As far as nutrition goes, what are some little things that you did that you feel like made a huge difference in your measurements? One of the biggest things for me and for Mark was intermittent fasting. It's almost like it's not what you're putting in. It's what you're not putting in your body. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know? Tell us more about that. Cause I've never yeah. done a fast before. Okay. Well, a lot of people think that you're starving yourself and what it really Technically, is, you are. it is what it is. <laughs> Let's be perfectly clear here. Technically, you are, but strategically. <laughs> so, depends on what time you stop eating and what time you start eating. Most people do a 16 8. Um, so, you're not eating for 16 hours out of the day, and then you'll eat for eight hours of the day. Which, by the way, a lot of people naturally do because you're sleeping. Yeah. You're sleeping so, eight hours. Oh, so sleeping counts. Sleeping counts. Okay. So if you're sleeping for, you know, eight hours, nine hours, or whatever it is, then you just have another four hours on both sides to make up. So like maybe four hours before you go to bed, four hours when you wake up in the morning. So what you can do is kind of play around with that. So basically your eating window gets shorter and shorter as you build a tolerance for intermittent fasting, right? The other thing is when you start intermittent fasting, you want to make sure during those eating windows that you are getting as many nutrient-dense foods as possible. So obviously it's not about going and eating pizza. Then you end up getting skinny fat, you know? Yeah. So 
What does that mean? I've never heard that. Skinny fat is when you see someone who has lost a bunch of weight very quickly and has really no muscle definition. Like okay, there's no tone to them. It's yeah, just like kind of... Skinny arms, their body's still kind of round a little bit. It's not... Purport- the weight loss was in proportion. Yeah. You know, when you lose weight really, really quickly, that's usually what happens. Yeah. So yeah, intermittent fasting is just, it actually brought me back in touch with food because I realized I had an addiction to food. So I was so addicted to sugar. I was so addicted to fatty foods that it was constantly on my mind, which was also contributing to the brain fog because I wasn't giving my body time to rest and repair and recover from the things that I was putting in. So when I extended my, my non-eating window and shortened my eating windows, I was able to let my body heal itself, which is what it naturally does. Right. And this is nothing new. We're naturally predisposed to do this. It's just, we've been conditioned over time that we need to be eating snacks during the day and eating five meals and eating from the time you wake up to the time you go to bed and you got to eat six meals a day and you got to snack in between. And breakfast is the most important meal of the day, which by by the way, breakfast just means breaking your fast. It doesn't yeah. technically mean I need no. to eat the second I wake up and I need to have eggs and oatmeal and this yeah. and that. You know I still eat eggs and oatmeal and all that, but it's not till two o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. You know, or noon or whatever my my timeline is. So So do yeah. you do the fasting window? Do you all do that every day or is it just once in a while you do it? I've changed mine. So when I first started, I wanted to see results and I knew that I was sick and I went to two different doctors and had blood work done and they all told me you're fine. And I wasn't fine. And I was getting, I was feeling ill every time I ate food and I thought I'm allergic to something. I have an intolerance and it really was my body rejecting food and developing intolerances, which is happening now. A lot more people are going to restaurants and saying, I can't eat this. I can't eat that. It makes me sick. When really it's your body needs to heal itself to be able to eat those foods again. The scientific term is apophagy, which gives the body the time to recycle the damaged cells. Yeah. So So, that's what's going on when you're intermittent fasting. So my, when I first started, I did what's called a 4-3. A 4-3 is eat one day, don't eat, eat one day, don't eat, um, eat one day, don't eat, eat whatever you want. So, um, that's a very like drastic way to start. I, knew that I was sick. I knew that I had to get well. I was very determined. And so I started there to see if I could do it. And the first couple of days were very hard. And then once I did, once I broke through that first couple of days, my body started adjusting and I started feeling better within the first week. It was amazing. And because I felt so good, it gave me the motivation to keep continuing. So I did a four, three, and that was during my three months of not working. So it was a lot easier for me to stay focused on it. And actually, no, that was when I was actually working again. And the reason why I did that particular schedule, and this is what we also help people work through, is looking at your day-to-day schedule. What are your commitments that you have to do? What are the days that you're actually working out? And how do you tie your intermittent fasting into the natural course of your day so that it's not a challenge for you? It's a natural thing. And in a lot of cases, for a lot of people, intermittent fasting makes their life so much easier. There's less meal planning. There's less stressing about, did I eat today? What did I eat today? When do I have to eat today? There's some days where I just knew I have meetings all day long, back to back. That are, that's the days where I'm not eating. And those are my fasting days. I have days now where we only see each other at night. So I'll fast all day. 
And then on those nights, um, those will be like my eating windows. And you can allow allow yourself to up to 300 calories on your fasting days. So it's not like you're completely not eating anything. If you are like starving, you know, you got to listen to your body. Yeah. I mean, have some, you know, we try to lean on higher fat items like avocado, nuts, things like that. We'll start our morning off with, you know, bulletproof coffee or the coffee with like the coconut oil and the butter and stuff like that. But you'll be surprised after you start doing it, your stomach shrinks. So you won't have the need to be eating so much. And when you try to eat again, you'll want, like I used to make these lists of like, I want to go here and get a burger. I want to have this. I want to have that. Yeah, (laughs) It's my my treat day. So I'm going to go crazy. And I wouldn't even hit past one thing on my list. I would be so full by the time I ate at the first thing I wanted to eat that day that I just... I, I had developed a completely new respect for my body. And the one thing we teach people too is that when they do have those days, like, you know, I just want to eat a cheeseburger and a milkshake and have ice cream, do it, do it. Go out there and do it and enjoy every second of it and own it. And just know that come the following day, you're right back on it again. That there's no feeling sorry for yourself. There's no like, I can't believe I just ate all that food. I can't believe I just did that. It's that like, I don't even it. feel guilty at all when yeah, I do it. And know. I don't, I don't gain weight from doing it. It's crazy. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. So we've got movement, mindfulness, nutrition, and the fourth one is personal development. How's that important in your wealth? So the way that I look at personal development is really trying to assess your life design because there's, this is, this is for the person who is constantly feeling like a victim. It's for the person who's constantly feeling like they're just stuck in life. They're not happy. Um, They don't know where they're going. They're resentful towards the situation and um, they're just never getting ahead. Right. And so that to me is my cue that you need to take some reflection time and do some life design work to really understand what's going on there. Is there another direction that maybe you were hoping to go in your life? Is there a way that you can start to self-identify that, come up with a plan and start to inch your way over. And so what we do is we have a part of our program that is just an intensive one-to-one on life design. That's helping you figure out all the steps from A to Z on your life design. That's actually the programming from Stanford. So we, we incorporate that into it. Excellent. So for Justin and I, um, we took your wealth quiz And I am just ashamed to say (laughs) it was abysmal. I didn't know. Like I, I I didn't know it went that low. Yeah, I've never seen a quiz get put out a negative number result. (laughs) Yes, there are lots of negatives. Okay, so out of fifty, I got an eleven, and Justin got a fourteen. I did better. I feel. So I feel like no matter how we slice that, it's a failing grade somehow. So what the heck do we need to do to at least, I mean, I feel like we need to at least get a D, honey. Like an F is just, it's just bad. <laughs> Well, when you looked at those, at those categories that we sent you in your results, like which ones were glaring to you? Like which ones, you know, when you're clicking on certain things, you're like, oh man. I really need to work on I can work on this for sure. Um, for me, it was nutrition. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was ours. Both of us. It was nutrition. Justin will admit that he is a sugar junkie. I okay. th- I'll admit it. You don't need to talk about okay, it. Okay. Justin, <laughs> what you, fill in the blank. I am a blank junkie. Awesome guy. <laughs> <laughs> 
And me, I would rather, I love all kinds of like salty snacks and dips and, you know, all that kind of stuff. I don't really have a sweet tooth, but chips and queso are like my jam. Like, I love it. Yeah. Chips are my kryptonite as well. Oh man. I can easily eat like a whole bag of chips. Like no problem. Yeah. Yeah. And like the more sour cream and like sour cream and... (laughs) Um, Did you mention sour cream? Cream cheese and cheddar cheese. The more cheese you can pack into the dip, I'm all about it. So I was a sugar junkie as well. Mm-hmm. And I will say... I think that our roles are, re- are reversed yeah, out there for sure. Yeah. There's, there's definitely things that change. So the three things that I look at now and is the food part of the nutrition, right? What are you putting in? The intermittent fasting. So what what are you not putting in and when are you not putting in? So the timing and then the hydration. So those are the three biggest components that when I look at nutrition and what's really actually worked for us, those are huge, right? And once you actually put your body through the test of intermittent fasting, you can start to break those addictions. Um, When you start feeding your body, the actual nutrients that it's craving the right nutrients that it's craving. So think leafy greens. If you're feeding your body the appropriate amount of leafy greens first, you will notice that you are not going to be as satiated with your salty snacks and your sugary snacks. You just, you won't need as much, right? And then as time goes on and you start to pull back and invest more of yourself into this healthier alternative type of, you know, tweaks, you'll notice that you won't be snacking as much. You won't be eating as much sugar just naturally. It's not like you need to just cut cold turkey. We still eat sugar. Yeah. You know, we still eat, we still snack sometimes, but snacking is not a daily part of our life anymore. You know, we actually don't keep the stuff in the house so that if you want to treat yourself, you're going to earn it. Make an effort and go out and get it. it. Get your pants on and go to the store and get the snacks. One of the great examples (laughs) was this past weekend for Super Bowl. um, I brought home, like Oreos, M&Ms, we had chips, and something else, ice cream. And so I told Danielle, I was like, we're going to enjoy ourselves this weekend. And come Monday, all this stuff is going in the garbage. Come Monday, I woke up. The first thing I did was I grabbed all the snacks and then went directly into the garbage. It wasn't like, well, well, maybe I'll do it tomorrow or oh, I'll do it this I'll do it tonight I won't I won't eat any until next weekend yeah I'll just I'll, I don't want to waste the money so I'll just keep it here maybe like when I'm feeling like I need a snack in a couple of weeks I have it there it's like you have to make that mental decision of just like I'm doing this I'm all in like I am going to do right. this and I think for a lot of people that's the first step like doing the wealth quiz and actually seeing like and acknowledging it your both your reactions was like nutrition right away you knew exactly <laughs> what you knew exactly where to go to and so it's just like okay now moving forward let's make a conscious decision to eat a little bit healthier maybe have sugar sugar free- sugar and yeah. snacks and cravings is the symptom of your body telling you you're not actually getting the nutrients that that you deserve Mm. So what you're doing mm. is you deserve. It you deserve it. You're depriving I yourself of what you deserve, right. Justin. Dang. It's like uh, treating your body as a temple type stuff. Like I'm very into it. So <laughs> yeah, I totally see what you're saying about the mindset thing too, because when you said, okay, you have to do like jam yourself full of leafy greens before you binge out on chips and queso. I immediately was like, oh, like how, 
much how many pieces of broccoli do i have to eat and you like, sound like our six-year-old <laughs> <laughs> okay but for real how many pieces of broccoli do i have to eat before i can have chips and Good Lord, woman. as this cycle gets better and better right your body will not be your body will actually be craving the greens as opposed to the sugar and that might sound crazy it might sound like that would never happen in a million years but it totally does I know that when I have anything that's too sweet now, I just react like, ooh, that is that is so sweet. Like I can't, the things that I used to love, like love, I used to eat them two or three times a week. I would just like look forward to them so much. They were like my guilty pleasures. When I have them now, I'm just like, wow, I cannot believe that I had so much of that before. It's so unbelievable. There was sweet. a there was a sauce that we used to buy to put into our ground turkey meat. Now we found it. We used to eat this in California. We live in California. We found it here in Chicago. And I cooked dinner and we were eating it. And we both looked at each other and I'm like, like that's happened? really sweet. Yeah. Right? That's re- I mean, we used to eat this all the time. Yeah. It was, a it was like we, our go-to lettuce we wraps yeah. with turkey meat. It's we our healthy we're meal. Healthy. We had this like <laughs> it was this, like this chili sauce, uh, and it's like loaded with sugar. Right. And it was just like we couldn't believe that we we ate stuff like that. You yeah. Know? But here's the thing: sugar itself is not a bad thing. Like your body needs some sugar, right? The problem that we have is that people don't know today how much sugar you're actually getting. Yes. Oh, yeah. You are actually eating that's hidden in everyday in foods. Savory, in savory items like salad dressing and condiments and sauces, not just like bread. cookies, cakes, and stuff like that. Bread. It's like in bread. You're eating stuff. a sandwich? Yeah. No, you're eating a brick of sugar. Yeah. yeah. It's in everything. Sugar is in everything. Right. So you were also saying a piece of that, the nutrition thing for us was hydrating. What do you suggest? I, you know, of course, you always hear like eight glasses of water. Like, is there any magic to like when you drink it or you know all that so first thing in the morning is our rule so what i do is before i go to bed i put a full glass of water next to the bed so that as soon as i wake up i grab that water and i chug the whole thing then we get up and we do our morning routine and during that morning routine we have our pitcher of water and we always have this by our side um whenever i travel i travel with my own like glass traveling water bottles with filtered water but you should be constantly hydrating yourself. And if you start in the morning with a ton of water, think, think of drinking like a whole liter with some lemon in it. It seems like a lot at first. And you're gonna, yes, you're going to be going to the restroom. But yes, you should be going to the restroom multiple times per day. Like it's totally normal and it's fine. And your body will adjust. And that's what you should be doing. You should be getting rid of all these toxins in your body. So that makes a huge impact on your energy levels too. So starting the morning off, with as much water as you can. And then the rest of the day is just an added bonus. Yeah. People think they have to drink all their water in, in an, like an hour or two. Like, oh my God, I haven't drink any water. So I have to drink eight glasses in an hour. And then, they and then there's like, people on the <laughs> yeah. other side of the spectrum that get their glass of water at the restaurant and they like, they sip it, you know, where it's like your body system doesn't start to actually regulate itself unless you chug a glass of water. Like you should be chugging some water not sipping water that doesn't do your body any justice. So we really? try to- no sippers. We we know a certain sipper who will be disappointed at hearing that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> my mother is the biggest sipper on the face of the earth. She feels it, like- it would take her two days to chug that bottle of water that you talked about. Um, maybe bottle. a week. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it might be a week. 
Yeah. All right. So for our listeners that they want to get started, um, they want to find out their wealth score. Hopefully, dear Jesus, I hope it's better than our score. We're like <laughs> 11 and 14. Uh, let's just pray that they have a higher score than we Note do. Note that the 14 was mine and it's higher than yours. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So how do, how do we get started on the wealth journey? So just go to getsetmindset.com and the quiz is right there. You can get your wealth score along with um, how we identify each of the four pillars and what you should be looking at. Um, but in there, really the process is asking you the really the hard questions as you're going through it and you're answering it. Really pay attention to what you're clicking on, you know, and that's going to help you self-assess where am I at? It's really a reality test for yourself, you know. Mm-hmm. I think that's important to say. It's a reality test, not an aspirational test. Yeah. <laughs> you really what we're going through it. Yeah. What you're looking for is to identify the focus. What is the easy win? What is the area that I'm completely neglecting in my life that if I just spent a little more time hacking at that little thing, it doesn't have to be this life-changing thing. Water for some people makes such a huge difference. It's incredible. And it's not that hard. And it's free. Yeah. Hello. Exactly. You don't have to change your clothes and go to the gym. Like, drink some yeah. water. You know, like yeah. start with that. That's one of the things that I that I came into years ago. I do the same thing. I have a, a big seven hundred and fifty milliliter bottle, and I first thing that I do is I get up and drink it down. Yes, always, Justin, you're always like, my brain is too dehydrated over the night. I need to like wake up. Like well, a lot of people like chug coffee first thing in the morning. But for him, it, water it wakes your brain. Yeah. Like you, that's exactly right. It is. You're dehydrated first thing in the morning. All right. I need to work on that. I need to get my glass of water next to the, and, and not tea. Yeah. I I will have a tea. I will have tea next to me. I'm Danielle tea drinks girl. tea. She'll drink a gallon of tea in a day. <laughs> but not water. And then wonder why she doesn't sleep at night. Well, doesn't tea dehydrate <laughs> you? Yeah, it's weird. All right. Well, y'all, thanks so much for being on the show. And we will include the link to the wealth quiz. If y'all didn't catch that, we will include that in the show notes. But thanks so much for being on the show. Of course. Thanks for having us. Man, so Mark and Daniela were having a crisis in their relationship. And they were almost ready to cash it in and just call it quits. And... Then they started getting healthy on their own journey and they realized it wasn't their relationship that was the problem. It was really their health that was the problem. And I know for me, um, when I am feeling burnt out, whether it's like the kids are driving me crazy or I just have a million things to do and I can't keep up with it, any little thing is just, I'm snapping at you. And I'm just in survival mode. I'm like, please just don't tip me over the edge. For the love of Pete, I'm just trying to survive here. And that's not fun. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I want to have fun together. I want to be on an adventure together. I don't want to just be in survive. Let's please, for the love of Pete, survive. Yeah. You know, been there, done that, huh? Yeah. Well, yes. Yeah. Unfortunately. I, I think it's the same thing for, for just physical health in general. Like when you're eating like crap and you feel like crap and you got nothing left to give at the end of the day, it makes marriage hard mm-hmm. and it doesn't have to be yeah. like the relationship wasn't the real issue there Yeah, for Mark and Daniela. It was burnout and, and just feeling like crap. Yeah. So I feel like in this situation, just getting your health in check 
is setting your marriage up for success. Absolutely. And this is why we talk about this stuff on the show, because it's these are the conversations that matter about our health and our sex life and our parenting and, and our finances and things. These are the things that make marriage hard because we don't talk about them. We don't have intentionality about them. We don't tackle them together. Mm-hmm. When you do, marriage gets really good. That's right. All right. So Mark and Danielle have created a tool to help folks get real about their health and fitness and have some powerful conversations. They call it the wealth score, W-E-L-L-T-H. You can go to their website, getsetmindset.com and take the wealth quiz. It'll send you an email with the results and it's a great baseline to sit down some evening with your spouse and have a conversation about your health and fitness together. So that's the challenge this week. And as always, we're talking about all the hot topics from the podcast and so much more over in our free community on Facebook. So come join the conversation at legendarymarriage.com slash community. Next week, we'll talk with behavior therapy expert Amelia Bowler, the behavior godmother, and she will give us the step-by-step breakdown to bringing peace back to your kid's bedtime. Here's a bit of our conversation with Amelia Bowler. Whenever there's like a chain of behavior, like we're a pattern that we're seeing over and over again, we always look at how can we break that up a little bit? How can we reshuffle it so that the good stuff, the fun stuff comes after the hard stuff? So if the hard stuff is getting dressed and getting your teeth brushed, for example, you could take their favorite part of the routine and switch it. Okay, when you're done getting your pajamas on and your teeth brushed, why don't you meet me over here for some stories? This is an entertaining conversation where we get (laughs) creative, to say the least, in making a plan to have a stress-free bedtime in the Williams household. So check out this conversation next week. And God help us until then. You can find this episode and the show notes over at legendarymarriage.com slash 069. Finally, we want to help more couples have the conversations that matter. So if you love the show, then let us know. Jump over to iTunes, subscribe, rate, and review the show so we know how we're doing and other couples can find us. Have a great week. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of the Legendary Marriage Podcast. We're thrilled to have you with us on the adventure. This is Danielle and Justin reminding you, don't settle for an ordinary marriage. Make yours legendary.